the original organization started in Chicago, Illinois, and from that point in time, it's grown into the largest service organization in the world. In 1920, we ended up going internationally by expanding into Canada, followed by uh, Mexico, then later into Europe. Presently, we probably have 1.4 million members worldwide, 206 countries and territories, and uh, probably about 45,000 plus Lions Clubs throughout the world. Years ago, women weren't allowed in Lionism like they weren't allowed into uh, you know, the Rotarians and so on and so forth. So now uh, they're allowed into Lions, and right now 33% of our membership is, uh, I'm talking about internationally, are made up of, uh, of ladies, Lady Lions. They're not Lioness, they're, they're Lions. Lions, right. right. Yeah, don't so don't call genders. don't call a lady lion a lioness, okay? <laughs> that, that, I'll take offense to right. it. Yeah, we've had two lady lions as president. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to the Little Beaver Historical Society Podcast. I'm Kevin Farkas of the Social Voice Project, and we produce this podcast in partnership with the museum to help capture, preserve, and share the voices and stories of local history today and for future generations. And today we are recording in Greersburg Academy, also known as the Old Stone Pile, built in 1802. It's the oldest public building in Beaver County, and in 1806, the Pennsylvania legislature designated it as an Academy of Advanced Education. It became the first school of its kind west of the Alleghenies and north of the Ohio River. Now fast forward through time just a bit, and we are sitting in Greersburg Academy in Darlington, Pennsylvania, talking with Brian McCarl of the Little Beaver Lions Club. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, I know nothing about the Lions Club, so this is going to be a real education for me to learn about your organization, which is a service organization for the community, right? That is correct. 75 years? Yes. And this is your anniversary year, right? Yes, it is. Started in... uh March 4th of 1947. Wow. And how did the organization start? The original organization started in Chicago, Illinois, when our founding father, Melvin Jones, convinced five business communities, I would say more like business organizations, to consolidate into one service organization to help those people that are less fortunate than themselves. And from that point in time, it's grown into the largest service organization in the world. Wow, is that right? Yeah. In 1920, we ended up going internationally by expanding into Canada, followed by uh, Mexico, then later into Europe and so on. Presently, we probably have 1.4 million members worldwide, 206 countries and territories, and uh, probably about 45,000 plus Lions Clubs throughout the world. So a Lions Club is like a local chapter of the yes. organization? Yeah, we're sort of like a, a branch from what we call international. So the Little Beaver chapter, what is the sort of geographical uh, reach of this? Well, in Pennsylvania, we're considered our, our own multiple district. And um, within that multiple district, we have sub-districts. There are 17 of them. And our club is in District 14N which consists of Armstrong, Beaver, Butler, Clarion, and Lawrence Counties. So that uh, we have about 1,000 members, I would say, within that geographical area, and we have about 40 clubs. Wow, this is a lot bigger than I thought. 
Well, it used to be a lot bigger when uh, when a lot of people were volunteering for community service work. But uh, as we've aged, we haven't been able to grow. We've sort of just started to die off. So we're really putting a push on to try to get younger members involved in our service organization. We do so much good work throughout the community and all worldwide that it's a shame that uh, we're having these difficult times. And that's not uncommon. No, it's not. We're not the only service organization having problems. Mm -hmm. Now, this area being uh, relatively rural compared to other areas, uh, is that a factor in the charity work that you do? No, I think actually, I think it helps a little bit. You know, we're not the biggest club in our district. Uh, but we do cover a wide geographical area from Darlington uh, Borough, Darlington Township, South Beaver, New Galley, Big Beaver, Enum Valley. So uh, I think we get a, a variety of people into our club, which makes it very interesting. You know, we have professionals, we have non-professionals, we have young, old, male, female. It's a very diverse organization right now, and uh, I'm pretty proud of this club. We, we do a lot of good in this community. Mm-hmm. So started in the 40s. Yes. This chapter was. Uh, can you look back historically and sort of tell me uh, some of the things that the club has been involved with? Well, a lot of it happened before I even became a member because I joined in 1990. So what's that make? 32 years. Our oldest member is Lion Bent there. He's been here as a member for 55 years. He helped rewrite our history here about 10, 15 years ago. And I think some of the things that we were noted for originally was uh, supporting our fire departments, something that we still do today, 75 years later. We uh, helped bring uh, Dr. Kennedy, the first doctor in the area, into here to help out the community. Burnout victims, if people have a fire in their homes, uh, we're there to give them a monetary donation to give them a little bit of a hand up. And that is something that we still continue today. We had blood drives back in the old days, and we still do that today. So a lot of these community service projects that we did originally still continue today, amongst other things. And would you say that the Lions Club was uh, uh, sort of a pioneering force back in the day? I would say. that That's a good assessment. Oh, that's fascinating. And that legacy still continues on yeah. today. Is there one thing that the Lions Club is really known for, you'd say? Well... That goes back to about 1925 when uh, we had our international convention at Cedar Point, Ohio. And um, a lady by the name of Helen Keller, who was both deaf and and blind, uh, addressed the uh, lions at that convention. And she challenged them to become her uh, Knights of the Blind in her crusade against visual impairment. And from that point on, the lions have, uh, have accepted that challenge and have worked with the blind and visually impaired since 1925, something that we're very proud of. And I just learned that you have an association with the Lighthouse for the Blind in New Brighton. Yes, we have a Lighthouse uh, for the Blind in New Brighton, which provides uh, uh, recreational programs for the visually impaired. So if you can imagine being blind and being dark all day long and uh, by yourself, you can imagine how much the visually impaired enjoy getting together with other people and having parties and games and, you know, just socializing. So that's one of the things we do. We also have the Beaver County Association for the Blind in in downtown Beaver Falls. They do more of the, um, I'd say, domestic type of services for the visually impaired, take them to doctor's appointments, uh, 
doing their shopping for them, uh, making sure that they get their prescriptions and things like that. So we have two organizations that do two separate things that we support. So here we are in Graysburg Academy. Uh, this podcast is uh, on behalf of the Little Beaver Historical Society. So uh, thinking about history and going back before the 40s, is there an antecedent, historical antecedent to the Lions Club? In other words, in the 1800s, early 1900s, were there groups that the Lions Club sort of modeled after? Children? I don't think so. I think when we started in 1917, the the organizations that consolidated were all business organizations that were there to support each other, you know, to help each other in their businesses, you know, promote each other's business. Melvin Jones convinced them to, you know, change their ways. And, um, and instead of helping each other, they would help people that were less fortunate to themselves. And it was a, a novel idea in those days. And, um, and it, it just took off and uh, expanded to, to where it is today. Let's talk about you a little bit. Now, you're from the area? Yeah, I was born in Beaver Falls, moved to Chippewa when I was a, a kid, went to Gettysburg College, came back uh, and uh, bought a house in Canelton. The late lion Bob Lackner, who was my sponsor in lionism, uh, convinced my father and I to save a house from demolition and uh, put a lot of blood and sweat into that uh, house to keep it standing and uh, as a historical house. It was built in 1837. And the first time I met Bob Lackner, he asked me to join the Lions Club. That was 1973. I said, no, nah. I said, I'm not ready for that yet. I, I, was, I wasn't even, didn't even have a family yet. And I was just starting into business with my, with my dad and brothers. And I said, I don't think so, Bob. Well, he said, I'll keep asking. Well, he did. He asked for like 16, 17 years after that until <laughs> I finally said yes. And uh, why I said yes, I don't know, maybe just to get him off my back or maybe there was something in the back of my head that said this would be good for me. And I got in there for a few years and I really wasn't too active. And then for some reason they made me president and then I realized I, I better start doing something for, for the Lions Club. <laughs> the and, heat's uh, on. <laughs> so... Uh, so that's where it all uh, took off from there. And uh, then I ended up becoming a district governor in 2000, 2001. Then the following year, I became a, a state council chairman. That's a person that oversees all the state committees in Pennsylvania and uh, 40,000 members we had back then. So uh, it's been a, a nice trip for me. It's been a rewarding trip. Uh, you know, lions work hard and they have fun and... Uh, and they do so much good in the community. And uh, when you see everything come to fruition and accumulate everything that we've done to help our communities, it's an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges that you see? Right now, memberships is our biggest challenge right now. We're getting older. We need younger kids to join our organization. But, you know, there's so many things going on in young people's lives today that... They just don't think they can find the time to put into a service organization. And we try to explain to, to kids today that, um, you know, we don't need all your time. We just want some of your time. That's all. And you give us what you can and, and, and we'll, we'll make it work, you know. And then maybe somewhere down the road you'll be able to help out a little bit more, you know, once your kids grow up and things like that. But we need, we need to lower our age because we're all getting older and... Uh, 
I'm I'm almost 71 now, so uh, my my time's limited. My my health keeps me from doing the things I used to be able to do when I was younger. At one time, I was the second youngest in the club when I joined. So I think that's the biggest problem that faces Lions and Lions, Lionism today. And that goes for all clubs, not only ours, but every club in, in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that um, you know life has a lot of different pulls on people today, probably a lot differently than years, decades in the mm-hmm. past. But do you find that people today have a different sense of obligation or commitment or charitable contribution toward the, towards the community? Have you found that that has changed over the years? That no, people st- don't care? No, I still see people that are willing to donate and help out. I see people that aren't willing to put the time in. My, my parents always impressed upon my brothers and I to give back to the community. My dad used to say, we have an unwritten obligation to give something back to our community because we take so much from it. Especially growing up, you know, you get your education, you know. Just think if you put that in dollars and cents, what what the value of that is. So I, I think people need to realize that, you know, our communities need us. And to do that, you know, you need to join a service organization, whether it's Lions, Kiwanis, Rotarian, it makes no difference. Whether it's in your church, you just need to get involved and help out. So you mentioned some of those other service organizations. Is there any competition amongst you all? You know, in the old days there was, but now we all have the similar similar problems. So we work together a lot more today than what, what we used to. We even do joint projects together, you know, manpower reasons. So uh, I, I think our, our organizations are working well together and, uh, and we're trying to survive. And hopefully by doing this, we're going to be able to be a little more successful as uh, service organizations. Does the Little Beaver Lions Club interface and interact with uh, historical society here? Uh, well, we have a lot of board members uh, uh, that are Lions members and, um, and Little Beaver Lions Club supports the historical society with donations. And uh, I would say we have a pretty good relationship. We realize the importance of the historical society here in Darlington. Right. Even though uh, that's not traditionally, like supporting a a local historical museum is not what we kind of think of as charity, but I guess it really, really could be because this historical society serves the community, functions to keep our heritage and our understanding of our, our communities together. In the future, in the best of worlds, what would you like to see happen with the Little Beaver Lions Club as well as the other branches? What would be the best possible future in your mind? Definitely my, my, my main concern is having younger members involved because I, I think the younger people really want to be involved. I see it in the schools. I see it in our activities when we look at scholarship applications. I like to see us younger down, so to speak, for our, our organization, because we're at our 75th anniversary. Our goal is to make sure we're here to celebrate 100 years. There's nothing worse than seeing a club's history go down the drain because they, they couldn't rejuvenate themselves. And I see that a lot in Lionism. You know, we've, we've probably had a dozen clubs uh, in our district that have just gone by the wayside because they just got older and they didn't have anyone else to hold office or, and they got tired. And, and, and that's a shame. That means all that history, all those hundreds of thousands of dollars that they donated to their community, all the 
hundreds of hours that they donated to their community for volunteer work, whether they were doing wheelchair ramps or uh, transporting the blind to and from functions, whether they were uh, helping the blind out by collecting donations. You know, that all goes by the wayside. And it's a shame, you know, because we need that service and we need it to continue. So your 75th anniversary is now, you have a banquet. So what do you have planned for that? We're celebrating our 75th uh, charter night by inviting uh, all the Lions Clubs from uh, the district to get a guest speaker to come in here. Sometimes you can only get that person for certain dates, and that's for our speaker, who is international director from Altoona, Pennsylvania. His name's uh, Larry Edwards, who's a great lion, and uh, he's uh, graciously driving in, going to be our main speaker, and then driving back home. So we have lions coming from Ohio, we have lions coming from West Virginia, and we have lions coming from Pennsylvania, believe it or not. We have one former member that uh, transferred to Williamsport, and he's coming into town for uh, for our celebration. So it's going to be a nice event. Um, a lot of planning went into it. Um, we're having a lot at the New Galilee Community Center, beautiful facility. We're going to have 100 people there, it looks like. Lion John Langtod, who owns Lance's Port and Pub, is going to be our uh, caterer. Uh, we're going to have all our history up around the room showing the charter members. There were 41 charter members in our club. We're going to have pictures of all the activities that we've done over the years, uh, all the projects that we've supported. We're going to have like an eight-page uh, history book uh, that's going to be available to all uh, all the guests there. And I think it's going to be a good time and it's just a way to pat ourselves on the back and, and our former members on the back that uh, led the way from the very beginning. Sure, and I think that's absolutely appropriate. Yeah. I hope that some of the, your historical information can find its way back to the museum. Well, we're, we've, we've already, I'm already working on that, putting a packet together and, and, and to keep it there on file so that maybe in 100 years someone will have it there and see what we had, you know. Because what happened was... We didn't start rewriting our history until we were 60 years old. And who knows how much we missed, you know, between that first year to year 60, you know. So we had to go back and sort of rebuild it by going through all our old files and things like that. And it was a real tough job doing all that. And that's a lesson, I think, for all organizations oh, and I businesses. I agree. I agree. Keep your history together yep. because, you know, there will be an organization like the Little Beaver Historical Society who may turn to a business or an organization and say, hey, what is your history? And if you didn't have a story and you didn't have those records kept, all that great stuff will be lost. Some some family member three generations from now might be looking for history on a certain person that was involved in the uh, in the Lions Club, and uh, and if we have that information, you know, they'll they'll be able to to glean that information and and use it to their benefit. That's right. The lesson applies to what's happening right now. As you know, you do your activities, you know, documenting those things, photographing them, videoing them, and and then keeping those in your archives for, for future years. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we often get busy just living our daily lives. We right. don't think about, oh, let's document this for history, you know, but it is an important work. Well, that was part of our planning for this 75th, uh, is making sure we lined up uh, entertainment, make sure we have a photographer there to take pictures of all the presentations and, uh, and the clubs that are there, you know, make sure we uh, depict uh, our history to the best that we can and, uh, a lot of time and effort's gone into it, I can tell you that. Weekly meetings uh, for an hour or two, you know, before Lions Club uh, regular meeting. 
and everyone's really stepped up to the plate and helped out. So it's it's a joint effort from all our all our members. Well, that's good to hear. What is on your plate for this coming year? I know in October the Little Beaver Lions is involved with Pumpkin Palooza coming. I believe it's October sixth, mm-hmm. and that'll be in conjunction with a community celebration of folklore, which we call the Pig Lady Festival, which I'm involved with. Uh, so that's one event that I know of. Mm-hmm. Any other events that? Uh, well, next uh, next weekend we go to Pennsylvania Lion Lions Beacon Lodge Special Needs Camp, which is located in Mount Union, Pennsylvania. We get about 10 Lions from our club and Lions from other District 14 and Lions clubs to go there, and we do a spring cleanup, get the camp ready for camping season. Beacon Lodge is a special place for us and, and our club. I call it a piece of God's country because uh, of what we do there. We we have adult and children's uh, camps there where we can uh, work with the blind and visually impaired, hearing impaired, physically, mentally challenged uh, uh, community in, of uh, Pennsylvania. And they get the chance to go up there and they can fish, they can canoe, they can kayak, archery, riflery, they can bowl, they can play basketball, arts and crafts, music, swimming, zip line. Uh, there's just so many activities for them to do. And it's and it's like their summer vacation where they get to go meet their friends from all over the state that they've uh, uh, shared vacations with for all the years up there. It's located uh, on the Junietta River uh, outside of Mount Union, Pennsylvania, and it's just one beautiful camp. And uh, and it's probably one of our most supported projects uh, by the Little Beaver Lions Club. So that's coming up. And we normally do that uh, twice a year. We do it in the spring and we do it in the fall. We have our golf outing come up, which is our, our biggest fundraiser. That's uh, August 20th. Uh, at Grassy Lane, and um, last year we raised about sixteen thousand dollars, and all that sixteen thousand goes back to the community. None of that goes into into our pockets or into running our our, our club. It goes all back in donations because our club operates strictly by our dues. Okay, our dues take care of all our costs. So that's coming up in August, um, and then we have polo matches every Friday home polo matches we run the concession stand down there and that's right here in darlington right here in darlington a lot of people from darlington never been to a polo match believe it or not but uh that's that's a fact darlington days is coming up which is a big event here and we'll be doing uh the little beaver lions club will sponsor that and um we have the the bob lackner polo match uh on friday night and that's a fundraiser for us the proceeds from that match all go towards a pennsylvania lions beacon lodge camp because uh, Lion Bob was a, he loved that camp, and he uh, he impressed that on on his uh, baby Lion, who was me, and uh, and uh, so we we've we've kept that going, and uh, and it helps us raise money for Beacon Lodge, and they can use it. I mean, it's such a good facility, and uh, I'm sure there's other things coming up. We'll have blood drives continually throughout the year. And uh, we help uh, support the fire departments and we help support the burnout victims. And that, that'll continue nonstop, you know. And we just finished our fishing derby, 22 years of a fishing derby up here for the youth. That was, uh, that was yesterday. So uh, the, the ladies, the young girls were the winners uh, this year as far as uh, who got the biggest fish. Okay, there were two of them that were 20 inches long. One was an albi- albino trout. So... Uh, uh, they were tickled pink with that one. So, 
Yeah, it seems like the girls are starting to dominate things, you know, uh, more and more. Well, that's an interesting uh, point you raised there. What is the gender makeup of your membership? Well, years ago, women weren't allowed in Lionism like they weren't allowed into, uh, you know, the Rotarians and so on and so forth. And so now uh, they're allowed into Lions. And right now, 33% of our membership is, uh, I'm talking about internationally, are made up of, uh, of ladies. Lady lions, they're not lioness. They're they're lions. Lions, right? right. Yeah. Don't so away don't with call the don't call a lady lion a lioness. Okay, they'll <laughs> take offense to right. it. Anything else you'd like to add? The one thing we've had some really good members over the years, and uh, and it's always sad to see them go by the wayside. You know, health issues come up and grab them and take them away. Lion Allen Ferguson, who was a huge part of the historical society. It was a huge part of our Lions Club. You know, he passed away several years ago, along with Lion Bill Lochner. And uh, these two Lions really led us in the right direction as far as our organization's concerned. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention their names because uh, we keep them in mind whenever we do anything. We try to do it first class. We try to do it the right way and uh, just the way that they would want us to do it. So... Uh, those two guys were, were special guys, and uh, we miss them tremendously. But I appreciate the opportunity. You know, uh, we're looking for new members. If anyone's uh, willing to join and, and serve their community, you know, we won't take a lot of your time. We'll take whatever you can give us. Uh, you know, feel free to get in touch with us, and uh, we'll bring you in. Well, it's very obvious your passion and your dedication, your commitment to the organization. Uh, and I'm sure you speak on behalf of so many of the members, locally, statewide, regionally, nationally, internationally even. So we really appreciate your time to come and share about the Lions Club with us. We'll put in the show notes links to the organization and a little bit more information about the club and how people can get involved. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Brian, for All being right. here. Thank you for having me. listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.